0: Episode 7 of Etc. etc. with Young Southpaw. That's moi. Me, if you ain't got your French tongue on. Last week I had the Indelicates on the show, and I'm very pleased that I've now done my first ever crossover episode with my other podcast, The Young Southpaw Part of an Hour. Simon Indelicate mentioned that, that Jovi, you know, John Bond, that his first ever appearance on record was the 1980s Star Wars Christmas album with R2-D2, We Wish You a Merry Christmas, et cetera, you know? And I ran with this idea thinking that, like, why did Star Wars, you know, like the Bond films, have pop stars doing the theme tunes? And I end up with a scenario with the Ramones destroying the Death Star and Jovi, Ally McBeal and Cliff Clavin from Cheers all playing a part in the resistance. It's wild, man. Check it out over at youngsouthpaw.com. But back to this show. Today's guest is a very funny comedian from Boston, Massachusetts, Mr. Rob Crean. Rob runs a whole bunch of nights up there, you know, the gas on Fridays, some open mics, which are all still going virtually. I had Rob on my shows when I put them on in Boston. I, I got to know him when i when I go up and do the open mics up there, and I was always impressed with his wit. He'd always have something good when a comedian finished their time, and like some of those mics went on for like four hours, man. Woo! It was crazy. But Rob just put out an album called Sadly Sackerton on Dead and Mellow Records. It's a really good listen, man. It's about his mental health and how that affected a particular relationship of his, and as Rob points out, it's sad, but it's also funny. It's got some silly stuff in it, too, though. I mean, it's really emotionally engaging, which, which is great, you know, because that stuff's important. So I wanted to have him on to talk about the record. And, of course, I had some other stuff I've been meaning to ask him about, you know, like Def Leppard and professional basketball. So l- let's get to it, shall we? All right, I'm here this afternoon with Rob Crean. How you
1: doing, Rob? Doing pretty well, considering.
0: Glad to hear it. Now... You run a night called
1: the Gas, and like
0: that—that yes. that word evokes. Well, I mean, it's two words, but you know, the latter word it evokes many things. I mean, some of them, you know, a bit uncouth, but like it also evokes like the gas giants of the solar system, like Jupiter, Saturn, and Neptune. You know, which are all Roman gods. I mean, so when you were like planning what to name your comedy night. How much were you thinking about astronomy and Roman mythology?
1: Uh, not that much. It, <laughs> it the name comes from. There's two reasons for the name. The first is that we used to be the lead in to a dance night called the Pill, so they were the Pill, we were the Gas, ah. you know. And also, the venue that the show is at is called Great Scott, and so the initials are GS. Gas is just that with an A in the middle. So wow, you know, kind of a uh, yeah, it's it's. You know, it, the, we came up with the name to kind of uh, link up to those two things, and, but also, you know, like the whole idea of like laughing gas. You know, I don't
0: know. Now, does the pill then imply like Imodium or like pepto bismol? You know, like get rid of the
1: gas? Is that where they were coming I, from? I found. Do you know that Imodium is uh, is, uh, is a is a opiate? No, really? Isn't that weird? Yeah. And, like, people get addicted to it and die. It's so crazy.
0: That is weird. I know. I wonder if, like, Karl yeah. Marx was around if he would have said, you know, like, religion is the emodium of the masses.
1: Yeah, I guess. Well, I mean, really, I guess emodium is the opiate of the masses. It's very common and easy to get.
0: Yeah, you can get it everywhere. Well, I don't know about now,
1: yeah. but. Uh, yeah, maybe it's harder now. Like I don't month know. I've, I've never. I've never tried. I, is for uh. uh is it, is it for constipation or is it for diarrhea? I don't, I can't remember. I which think it's, it's for
0: for diarrhea to make you that constipated makes sense, yeah. to
1: get rid of the diarrhea. Yeah. Opiates are binding.
0: Man. I once knew a guy um, who took so many uh, ant that he was warned that his stomach lining was pretty much gone.
1: Wow. Yeah. You got to you gotta be careful of that. You want a good level of acid and base.
0: Do you have doctors on hand at these these nights going on at get great, great scots?
1: Um, not, not regularly, but occasionally a doctor stumbles in. Yeah. We've had some doctors there from time to time. My friend David used to do comedy there sometimes. He was the doctor, but I think he got uh, he got too busy with doctor stuff to be able to do comedy anymore.
0: I mean, from what I hear, that pays better.
1: Probably, yeah. Yeah. Someone told me that in New York, they they sent out, I heard this on a podcast, actually, that in New York, they sent out like a mass, New York City, they sent out a mass uh, text message to everyone that was basically like, uh, hey, are you a doctor? We could really use your help. Like, that's how desperate things are in New York right now. They're just like, if anyone is a doctor and hasn't told us, let us know. That's intense.
0: Yeah. Wow. (laughs) Well... We're here today to yep. talk about <laughs> about your new record. I, I mean, yes. I, I've heard you. You've talked about recording albums in the past that you actually hadn't put out, but like yes. this new one coming out, it's a whole new thing. i you know how like Def Leppard, it took them like four years after Pyromania to put Hysteria out. I mean, in what ways is your new album your Hysteria?
1: Um, well, I didn't lose an arm in between. Which I don't know if that's that checks out historically with Def Leppard, but I feel like it might. It does. Does it? It does. Yeah. Uh yeah. Um so the yeah, I mean I uh I don't I'm not a huge Def Leopard fan, so I can't really it's it's hard for me to say, but I can tell you the difference between the two albums. Uh first of all, the one of them isn't out yet. That'll be out in June. It's called that one will be called Local Personality. And it's um that one is like uh it's like stand-up comedy. It's just like a recorded of jokes. And the one that uh came out uh you know about a month ago, Sadly Sackerton, is you know a lot more heavy and it's a, uh, you know it's it's sad. Mm-hmm. It's, it's about and the the uh, local personality was recorded in 2016 and it was uh it was hosted by my then girlfriend uh Amy Rose Ranger who's a really funny comedian and, um, you know, it's just me kind of like in a, pretty good place in my life, you know, and then, um, two years later in, uh, 2008, September, 2018, I recorded, uh, sadly Sacretan, which is, you know, about a, a little over a year after we had broken up and it's sort of about, uh, about that, you know, it's about the breakup about sort of, um, you know, kind of for the first time in my life, starting to take. The idea of mental health seriously you know because I, that was a you know the uh, that was the main reason for the breakup was just uh you know i was really mentally ill and refused to seek any help about it and so uh basically she had given me an ultimatum that if i didn't get mental help she was going to leave me and you know it took her about two years but eventually she did so wow so it's not a funny answer but it <laughs> oh. is <laughs> true yeah
0: so, tell me about the writing of that of that material, then.
1: I mean, it's really you know that's like for me. It's it's the easiest thing to do is to uh, is is to write when stuff happens to you. You know, it's like you know, I don't know. The first time I tried to record an album, which you can listen to on SoundCloud, I'm a SoundCloud rapper, is called "A uh, uh, Bottle Baby and His Cry Cry Stories," which is uh, uh, something I wrote after my uh, my mother died, and so when. Bad stuff happens, The you know, the material just sort of presents itself. You don't really have to work very hard to write it, you know. It's like when things are going okay, that's when it's tough to come up with material because you got to, you know, you got to look for things to be interested in. Uh, but, you know, when you're going through a heartbreak and sadness, it's just, it's all you're thinking about. And I just, you know, I've always processed all my emotions through humor. So it just kind of, yeah, it was really very easy to write. I mean, I guess it's hard because you have to perform it, and and it can be pretty difficult. But you know, I think it was—it ended up okay. How does it feel
0: to actually perform that material? It's one thing to to get it out, but then to be in front of a live audience—you're
1: looking. It feels great. I mean, it's you know, it's really there's there's certainly a sense of catharsis to it, uh, obviously, but also just you know having um, you know material that that is important, you know, emotionally important is feels really good. I, I you know I, it's, I I have a lot of kind of silly jokes. Some of those are on the album, which are fun to do and it's but you know there it's really satisfying when you can you, when you can say something that that has um an emotional importance to you and, and get it to connect with an audience.
0: Yes. Not to take away from that. Local Personality was recorded in 2016.
1: 16. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, and that will be out in June of of 2000 uh 2020 so yeah it, there's a lag um it's a and it, which is a, and the reason for that is uh you know mental illness it really makes it hard to do anything so
0: yeah
1: so you know if you can avoid it do
0: now the name sadly yeah. sackerton
1: Sagigen, yes. It made
0: me think of KISS, you know, the double S, you know, K-I-S-S. Huh. You know, I mean, do you remember when we were kids, there was that rumor going around that KISS stood for Knights and Satan's Knights and service?
1: Satan service. I was oh, yeah, that was course.
0: ridiculous, man. Because like Kiss is such a common word. I mean, why wouldn't it be that? Like, do you have any thoughts on that?
1: I I love stuff like that. You know, it's I mean, that's sort of the it's the it's the it, it's part, it's it's a way that the human brain is designed It's why the human, why humans have been able to, to, uh, survive and and thrive over all other primates is that we, uh, notice patterns and uh, we assign meaning to them, you know? And and that's how like, you can, we know that if if we eat one berry and we get sick, we will recognize that berry in the future and not eat it. But also it's why you can, uh, you, we have conspiracy theories where you, you can take any number, or letter and be absolutely sure that it has a meaning, even though it, it, there's no real rational reason to think that. Yeah. I love it. Now,
0: sadly second, it also made me think of the song, sadly beautiful by the replacements. Do you know that tune?
1: Mm-hmm. It's a good, which tune. one is that? How's it go? So sing me a few Sadly
0: Beautiful.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. I know that song. Sure. But, I mean, you, your
0: album probably, I wouldn't say it, it's, you know, it's like Kiss covering Sadly Beautiful by The Replacements. Mm. It's a bit different than that. No. But it's not like Def Leppard no. doing it either.
1: Right, right. I feel like it's kind of like, like, you know how Re- The Replacements put out an album and they called it uh, Let It Be? And that was, like, such a, like, a uh, move bravado to, like, say be, you know it, almost implying we're such a great band that we're gonna make it impossible for you not to compare our album to an album by arguably the most respected rock band in history it's kind of like that that level of bravado is really something and i think that my title uh shows a level of uh of sadness to the same degree nice yeah, yeah. very sad mm-hmm.
0: Now in your first attempt to record it last June it, it went badly yeah.
1: from what I hear Yeah it went very badly Yes um it was it was a lot of things went wrong The first thing that went wrong was um that my a friend of mine who's a a local comedian who'd been having a lot of his own uh mental health problems he'd just gotten out of the hospital actually and he towards the beginning of my set he kind of rushed into the venue and there's a at great Scott, they have a big water jug that you can get free water from. And he goes up to the water jug and he tries to pour two bottles of wine into it. But, uh, and so the bartender, Chris said, don't do that. And there was a bit of a conversation between them, which was pretty distracting. And then, uh, I said, uh, from the stage, I said, Hey, uh, you know, we're trying to, Record an album here, and then me and the comic had a bit of a back and forth. And then he tried to s- charge the stage, and my friend John Paul, who was hosting, kind of jumped in front of the stairs of the stage and blocked him from getting up. And it was uh, and it is very very dramatic. And then you know, as John Paul is escorting the comic out of the the venue, uh, my friend Angela told me later she heard him say, "Great, now I look crazy." Uh, so that happened. Then. Uh, uh, a few minutes later, every year the Boston, the Massachusetts State Police does a like a fun run that goes right in front of the venue, and just happened to happen while I was recording this album. <laughs> that was pretty distracting. It's just a you know, a hundred state troopers jogging while a bunch of state uh, state police cars drive at you know about about five miles an hour, just slowly just whoop whoop whoop
0: and you hadn't planned this as part of your recording
1: no i had not uh, i had not planned that and then uh and then it, 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 a bunch of other stuff the 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 bathroom to the ladies room was broken and so every time it's it has a hinge that you know it has a um the hinge has a sort of i don't know what you call it but a thing that keeps it from slamming which had gotten broken so every time anyone went to the ladies room the door slammed very distracting. And then at the end, there were some very, uh, some people who were there were very drunk and loud and it was just a lot of stuff went wrong. Mm -hmm. I I think it was a fun night of comedy for people that came out, but it was not a suitable album recording. So I did it again, and that was better,
0: you You mentioned that uh, you got distracted and forgot a punchline, so you riffed about Third Eye Blind for a while. How much Third yes. Eye Blind material do you have?
1: Oh, uh, I, I w- wouldn't call it material. It was certainly riffing. <laughs> third Eye Blind, yeah, yeah, I don't know. There's, it, you know, it was, a thing that got stuck in my head was there's the the, the Third Eye Blind's first single, "Semi-Charm," kind of life. The whole video is kind of like the singer, uh, Stephen Jenkins, walking around and he's sitting in and he's wearing a leather jacket that has an American flag patch on it. And then at the end of the video, all of a sudden you see a woman who we hadn't seen the whole video and she's watching TV. And then all of a sudden she gets up like she, like she's seeing something on TV that she can't believe. And we look and she's watching the moon landing and the moon landing, the astronaut has the American flag patch on his spacesuit. And And she's like, it's that thing I recognize from that guy's jacket, but it's the American flag. I mean, it's, it's all over the place. It's not that, like those lines aren't that. It's not the one. It's American not really flag. a good thing. Yeah. So, so that is not on the final version of the album, that third eye blind riff.
0: So take two, when, when did you actually finally get it recorded?
1: Uh, The end of September of 2019, which was great. And it was, it was really, I mean, it, it, it ended up being really good because I, uh, you know, doing it a second time, I worked a lot harder on it. Uh, I got my friend Gary Peterson to really help me with sort of editing and and uh, preparation, you know, you know, which I'd never really done before. Put any effort into comedy, so it was a, uh, you know, and, and the, what I ended up recording uh, was a lot better than what I uh, the, than the first attempt would have been if everything had gone great. So, I'm, you know, in it, I'm glad it happened.
0: Now the the record is out now. Huh?
1: Yes, it is. It's on, uh, you can get it on uh, deadmellow.com is the best place to buy it for me financially. But uh, it's available anywhere you can, anywhere you'd listen to a comedy record. So go for
0: it. But I would suggest
1: deadmellow.com.
0: Deadmellow.com. Was there a release party for it or has that that been held up?
1: There was a release party. Yeah. We did a release party uh, in, uh, when was the date of that? It was a while ago. It was like February, maybe it was yeah it came out (laughs) i can't remember the date now that it's passed but we did do an album release show which was very fun yeah i had a great time i did a lot of uh i I, yeah i which i think i'm probably gonna put that up on the album release show up on the internet as soon as i can get people to uh, i just have to ask people that were on the show to let me do it but it was fun basically i just did um uh, i had some of my friends do sets my friend john paul uh, hosted again he's very funny and I, i I had my friends, uh, Nick, uh, Nick Ortolani and Katie McCarthy come up and interview me as though they were hosts of a morning talk show, like, you know, good morning America or something like that. But it was at night. That's crazy. It was at night. Yeah. But I mean, just like, I wanted the, I wanted the experience of like, you know, going out and, you know, promoting the album because I can't, uh, you know, like i dead and mellow to, they can't get me on good morning America. They're a very small label. So I thought, okay, try and make the experience for myself. And so I did a very uh, goofy <laughs> improvised interview with them, which is a lot of fun. And then at the end, I just kind of did a long set without any, without any preparation that was sort of just, you know, riffy and a little bit crowd working. It was fun, fun. So yeah, that'll probably, maybe I'll put that up, uh, you know, in the next day or so.
0: You've mentioned not doing much preparation twice, at least now, uh, how much of your stuff is just off the cuff or how much, uh, otherwise,
1: uh, I mean, it's, it's all off the cuff for the most part but except for that you know that like the first time i say something it's off the cuff and then sort of things I, I just do all my writing on stage so everything sort of um becomes what it is well I'm, i don't know i it's not the right way to do it you should write stuff down i don't write anything down i just kind of like you know when i have an idea i try it on stage and then if it, you know as as i do it a few times it kind of the way that i'm doing it tends to solidify a little bit so you know, when you see me do a set, most of the jokes that I'm doing I've done before, uh, but I don't know what order I'm going to do jokes in. I don't know what jokes I'm going to do. So, you know, the, uh, the average set I do is like generally will be jokes that I've done before, though I don't know what jokes they'll be or what order. Uh, but the set, the set I did was, you know, a little bit more loose where I kind of uh, let stuff breathe a little bit more which is a
0: thing I like to do a lot. Now, you give historical tours right? as mm-hmm. your yeah. day, day job. Uh, do you yeah. remember there was an early episode of Cheers where, like, the tour guide keeps bringing people to different bars and telling them that, like, important stuff happened there, you know, just so he could drink in that location? I mean, right in Boston, too, like you. I mean, how tempted are you to just make stuff up on these tours like that?
1: Uh I, I don't make stuff up, but there are definitely a lot of guys that do for sure. Uh, I try to be as a, a you know, I, I mean, I definitely get stuff wrong, but I, you know, uh, but I, if, if I do, it's by mistake, but, and I yeah, definitely, you know, <laughs> fix stuff as I go along. So, so you know, there, there's sometimes there'll be stuff that you, stories that you tell and then later you find out they're not true and then you just, you know, stop telling them. But that's what history is like, you know? Yeah. Sometimes it's wrong. <laughs> now, you go by the name. We used to tell us a oh. story. Go on. Oh, sorry. No, please go ahead. No. Uh, no, you can continue with you. I was going to go on to a boring story. And ask me a question. Are you sure it was boring? Okay. All right. Oh, yes. Very boring. Yeah. So
0: now you go by the name Isaiah Thomas, right?
1: Which yes. Which
0: is-, is confusing to me because Isaiah Thomas played for the Pistons in the 80s. And then there was another Isaiah Thomas who, you know, played for the Celtics, you know, and like both of them are point guards. Yes. So, I mean, and now we got you. How much basketball is involved in these tours?
1: Uh, oh, my whole uh, sort of intro to who I am as a person is completely uh, basketball-based. I, I don't, you know, I mean, I if, if I didn't have to do, if I didn't have to do, a, have a character name, I wouldn't. Like I like wearing the costume, but I don't care about my character. You know, is it a Pistons or a Celtics jersey? My my costume is like a colonial guy, and the the reason that I that I ended up with that name was because when I was starting the job, my boss at the time was my dear friend Matt Wilding, and he was adamant, adamant that whatever character I chose to be, and these are you know we all play you know people that existed in Boston around the time, but he was adamant. That my character be historically short, because that's what he sees when he looks at me. He, that's he, to me. That's to him. That's my defining characteristic: is that I am short. And uh, so I had to play a character that was historically short. And so that's why I play Isaiah Thomas. And um, but yeah. So and, and I mean, you know, when I do the tour, though, I start out and I say, you know, my name is Isaiah Thomas. In case you're wondering, I'm not the same Isaiah Thomas who played basketball for the Detroit Pistons or the new Isaiah Thomas who play basketball for our Celtics. I realize I do have the physique of a power forward, uh, but no basketball in my day. Uh, the sports section was uh, was very thin. There's no uh, no basketball, no baseball, no hockey. The sports section was thin, which I should know because I published a newspaper uh, in Boston. I published a newspaper called the Massachusetts spy. And if you haven't heard of it, give me a break. It has been published in about 200 years. And that's it. After that, I might as well be Rob Crane for the rest of the tour. I don't care about the character at all cuz it's I find it real like annoying to be the, to be the type of tour guide that's like like acts like they're in the past cuz you can't do that in downtown Boston you know like if you're in colonial williamsburg or something like that it's very easy to stick with the you know as if you're in the area but in downtown boston you can't act like you're in the 18th century cuz you would just be uh, you know screaming in terror at all of the buildings and cars that's true
0: I, I didn't know there was a historical Isaiah Thomas, the Massachusetts spy. That's yes, rad. publisher
1: of the Massachusetts Spy newspaper. Oh, sure, yeah. First person to read the Declaration of Independence in Massachusetts to the people of Worcester, Massachusetts, which uh, historically was the uh, the last uh, good thing that happened in Worcester, Massachusetts. Paris of the eighties. Wow.
0: Cool, man. Well, those, those are all my questions. Thank you so much for coming on today. You have anything else you'd like to add? Yeah. Thanks.
1: Um, please buy my album. I'd really appreciate it. It's uh, yeah, I, I like Like most people who are uh, professional performers, I am completely out of work right now, so I can really use the cash. Um, it's a, uh, it, it, I think it's a funny album. I think it's it's very sad, but I think it's funnier than it is sad. Which I think is pretty good because it is uh pretty sad. Um, and I, I think that you'll that you'll like it. It's funny, but it's also it's I mean, it's 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 sad, but it's also very silly. So, you know, it, it gets silly, especially at the end.
0: Yes. It's a good listen. I, I will second you on that. That that's why I had you on the show. So yeah, thanks very much, Rob.
1: Thank you for having me on. I
0: appreciate it. So yeah, hope you dug that. I mean, do check out Sadly Sackerton. It's a really good listen, you know, deadandmellow.com. And like Rob said, the record release party and a bunch of other stuff of his is up at the Anderson Comedy YouTube page. You can find him at, at Rob Crean on Twitter at C-R-E-A-N and RobCrean.com. And he's still doing the gas virtually now. That's Fridays at 7.30. And also the Anderson online mic is Tuesdays at 9. His local personality album that he mentioned is, is coming out soon too. So check it out, man. In Southpaw news, do check out that crossover episode I was talking about. Star Wars with John Bond, Ally McBee, and Cliffy C. Over at the Young Southpaw Part of an Hour podcast. That's at youngsouthpaw.com. I also did a new live show for Joyzine, which you can find at joyzine.org. That was a lot of fun. I got into u uh, YouTube being a B-52's cover band. You know I mean? The letters of the alphabet and the number two. I mean, it's right there, you know? And I also did the Nietzsche time traveling Wu-Tang fan and John Lennon seance story. I'm gonna be doing some uh some Instagram live interviews too coming up. But first off, I'm gonna be talking to comedian Manny Sierra about KISS this coming Tuesday. You can follow Southpaw on Instagram at YoungSouthpaw, etc. And I got some more great guests lined up, so please join us again next week. And if you're digging this, you know, please rate it on the sites, you know, and share it. Thanks, y'all. <laughs>